All right, so this is going to be part two in my message entitled, Be Ye Holy. Um, I want you guys to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. And while you guys are turning there, I'm going to kind of do, uh, I know some of you were not here this morning, um, so I'm going to kind of quickly do a quick review of my first message. That way you kind of get a taste of what I'll be preaching on tonight. Uh, so this morning we talked about uh, basically sanctification. And sanctification is really being set apart for God's service. We talked about how when, when you become born again, there has to be a change. And we know that there are many people who claim the name of Christ and they have this attitude of, oh, we'll just... Do whatever we want. We'll, we can live like devils. But we see, and what we saw this morning was it was not biblical. And as a matter of fact, we're not just to be sanctified, but we're to strive for righteousness. And sin is unrighteousness. We have to strive as believers to be holy, to be righteous, to live a life set apart from the world and from sin. Because... When we go out to witness to the lost and dying world, if they see you in sin and yet they realize that you are are a Christian, first of all, that's a bad testimony. And secondly, they're going to take a look at that and say, well, why should I listen to you? You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. And by the way, it's because of that, that's why so many of these lost people are, you know, they're... Missing out on opportunities of being saved and eternal life because of hypocrisy of these so-called Christians and they're costing them eternity, essentially is what it is. And so we need to present ourselves a holy, a holy living sacrifice unto God. We need to be genuine in front of these lost people. Because that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for some fancy, you know, Christian that can be all talk and no action. That's right. Because all talk and no action, we know, especially in politics, gets nowhere. And and, and, and you see in politics, people get fed up with politicians that do all talk and no action. How much more the the Christian? But the Christian can cost somebody eternity for, for, for being all talk and no action. <clears throat> and uh, we also, and then so we talked about that this morning, but then we also kind of to kind of wrap things up for that first part, we talked about um, Achan. And we saw how Israel, when they were going up against their second battle, they lost. And the reason for that was because Achan coveted after things he shouldn't have, which should have gone into the Lord's treasury. And because of his sin, it cost him his life, his family's life, and cost a whole bunch of Israelites in losing a battle because of his sin. And the reason why I pointed that out is because when you are not living separated from the world and you're in sin, you cannot defeat the devil. Okay, the devil is real, his devices are real, and he will trip you up like there's no tomorrow. Right. 
And the only way to defeat him is what Jesus said. It is written. It is written. It is written. Okay. So, in order to have that, we know that Christ was victorious over our enemies. Okay. But the reason why I think a lot of people are not getting victory over their sins is because they're in sin. And because they're in sin, they're not separated from sin. They're not separated from the world. They're not set apart onto God's service. This is why it's important to be set apart. Because, because we see, as we continue to, like, as we saw last, uh, this morning, was that God takes sin very seriously. God's not going to let sin go unpunished. And for the believer, it's chastisement. And he does that because that's what a good father does. If you are a child of God today and tonight, God will chasten you when you are out of line. And he does and he does it because he loves you. He's not doing it to pick on you. He's not doing it because, you know, he gets a joy out of that. He doesn't know. Not at all. It breaks God's heart that he has to do that. Because when his kid, when he sees his kids sin, it makes him sad. It really does. It breaks his heart. But you know what? God so loved us, he gave his only son. And that right there is true love. True love is being able to take something from yourself and use it for the benefit of others. And Christ was, was the Father's near and dear Son, His only begotten Son. And the Bible says that it pleased Him to bruise Him. So in other words, that, that God knew that the only way that we could be redeemed is, that when Christ, is, is for Christ to be crucified on the cross. Right. And so because through Christ and through faith in Him, we are then reconciled to God the Father. Jesus said, no man cometh to the Father but by me. That's right. That he is, the, he is the way, the truth, the life. You know, and that's, that's, that's the thing I want to emphasize too is, <clears throat> he is the only way. Right. He is the only Amen. truth and the only life. you got people that will say that there are many ways to heaven, but you know what? They are wrong. Right. There's only one way to heaven and that is through Christ. And Jesus said, if you climb in some other way, you are a thief and a robber. Alright? So, <clears throat> that is where we left off. And so, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get into Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to read, and uh, let's see here, we're going to read here in verse 11. And we're going to read through the, the armor of God. And this is crucial because I just said... That if you are in the flesh and you're not separated, you will lose. Right. But when you walk in the spirit, you have you have that armor on you. Amen. We are not to take that armor off. So, starting in verse 11, it says, or no, uh, yeah, verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You can't stand against the wiles of the devil if you have your armor off and you can't do it in the flesh. You try to defeat the devil in the flesh, you'll lose. That's a guarantee. Okay? Now, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are wrestling with spirits, with devils. That's what we're wrestling against. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Our flesh and blood likes to get in the way, and we won't, we, we'll just fail every time. When you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay. When you walk in the Spirit, and when you have that armor on, by Christ's strength and by His grace, you could stand up to that devil and say, It is written, it is written, it is written. Because something, something the flesh don't like, flesh don't really like to obey God very much. Right. <laughs> and it don't really like the word of God that much. Your flesh is rebellious, but your new man wants to serve him. Alright, so <clears throat> it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The truth is the word of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now that breastplate of righteousness is not your righteousness. God said, your righteousness are as filthy rags to me, to him. Okay? The righteousness that's speaking of is the righteousness of Christ. Put, put ye on Christ. That breastplate will protect you from arrows. So we see that's the righteousness of Christ. Um, let's see here. Okay. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now you also have, and I think I may have skipped one, and I know I did, because it's the helmet of salvation. The question is, do you all have assurance of salvation? Because it's God tells us and shows us that these things are written that ye may know that ye have eternal life. That word, ye know, is assurance. And that's yourself. The assurance of your salvation is that helmet. Amen? Amen. And so we all, and and I'll tell you what, I've had times when I've doubted my salvation, even though I was saved. And I'll tell you what, you know, having to go before God, repent of my sin, um, Holy Ghost lifted that burden off me. And I'll tell you what, from that point, that, that happened to me up to this very day. I'll tell you very much that if I die today, I go to heaven. That's right. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. God took that burden off me and I, I no longer have those doubts. And um, having you know, assurance is it's, it's a good thing to have. And sometimes people doubt and you know, that's okay. It happens. But you can always go before God and say, Lord, I want to know for sure. I want to know. I don't. I don't want to doubt anymore. I want to know for sure that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Right. And I'll tell you what: if God did that for me, He'll do that for you, Amen. because God is no respect of persons. Because having respect of persons is sin, and God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. Right. <clears throat> um. 
and take the helmet of salvation. That's the one that I was looking at. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Your flesh don't like the word of God. It just wants to do whatever it wants. But when you look at what Jesus did, when he was tempted of the devil, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Even when the devil tossed out a scripture, Jesus said, well, it's written again, and he gave the scripture. See, the devil is very smart. Very, very smart. And we must not underestimate him. When I don't want to give him any more credit than he deserves, but he's very smart. He's so smart, he could take the scripture and twist it. So, with that said, he knows the Bible better than your average Christian. The question I have is, why aren't Christians getting into the Word of God enough? We go through each day because we're too busy. Oh, I I can't read my Bible because of this. And it's all excuses. We ought not to make excuses for what's important. And what's important is to have that relationship with Christ. God wants a relationship with you. It takes two to make it happen, not one. And if we, if we need, and in order to know who Christ is and to know God's heart, the only way to do that is to get in the Word of God and study. Because without that, the devil's going to kick your tail every time. And I'll tell you what, your flesh is not going to like that. But Paul says that we we have to crucify the flesh. We have to tell our flesh, no, this is what we're going to do. The flesh wants to be in charge because it hates the word of God. It hates God. It doesn't want to do anything but what it wants. This is why we need to set ourselves apart for God's service to be a living sacrifice for God and for his service. Because without that, we're not going to get any we're not going to get very far. And God desire God desires us to to bear fruit, to grow, and to to mold us and to shape us into the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Now I mentioned this morning <clears throat> that People who think they can live however they want to and just be saved, say a prayer, and live like the devil. Well, there is no progress to that. We're here to prepare for eternity. If we can't get it right here, how can we get it right there? This is where it begins. Okay, Death is just the beginning. It's not the end. But this is where it begins, is having a relationship with Christ right now but when you when people think they can do whatever they want you know there's there's really not anything they're going to do to to grow because they're going to be in sin they're going to produce pretty rotten fruit okay you abide in sin that's what you're going to produce bad fruit you abide in christ you're going to bear good fruit jesus said you shall know them by their fruits for a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit for a bad tree cannot produce good fruit and a lot of these professors that claim christ and say that they can do whatever they want most likely they they can end up into being wolves in sheep's clothing and that's damaging for any church 
And that's, what, that's why we're in such a bad state as we are in this nation. Because the church is not doing its job. We have to take responsibility for that. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. If it begin with us, how much more to them that don't believe? We need to, we need to get back into preaching truth and not sugarcoating it. And as much as it hurts and pains to, that you don't want to hear things, it has to be said. It has to be heard. That's right. That's right. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just sometimes things are hard to hear, but sometimes we have to swallow our own pride. <laughs> we have to swallow our own pride, say, Lord, I'm sorry. Amen. You're right. Because in the end, the final authority and the authority in which we will be judged by is the Word of God. Amen. So the Word of God is all that matters. Even when the world says it's not. They, they, they're, the Bible says that the world's, foolish, the world's wisdom is foolishness to God. Right. The world has no wisdom. But guess what? We all have wisdom. It's in this book. Right. The thing is, are we going to search the Scriptures and look at what God says for wisdom? Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's turn turn with me to uh, Romans 15. Romans 15. And I'm not sure exactly how much I have. I know we're here, typically here till 7, so I don't know how much longer. Uh, but we'll uh, try to finish up with Romans 15. Um, in Romans 15... Romans chapter 15, let's start in verse 1. Okay, It says, We them that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. That's a big one. Because we're not here to please ourselves. If we're pleasing ourselves, you're pleasing your flesh. God wants us to separate from the world. He wants us to separate from sin. We're to be separated onto Good works unto God's kingdom, to his service. So when we please ourselves, we're pleasing our flesh. And sometimes God has to take the rod at us. But that's that he'll do that for all his kids. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good and edification. <clears throat> so here's what that means. We're not here for us, ourselves. We are here to serve God and to serve others. Okay, We're not here to please ourselves. We're here to be stewards and servants. We're to serve others. We're to love others. But most importantly, we're supposed to serve God and love God. God gave us a great commission. It's not a great suggestion. It's a great commission. Which he tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And sometimes I think it's a lot harder uh, and, and easier said than done because we, in our flesh, when we get in our flesh, we tend to think, oh no, what are they going to say? I don't want to do that. You know, we tend to back off because we're either shy or we're worried about uh, what they're going to think. Right. But Jesus said that if, God said, if, we, if we're men pleasers, 
we're not servants to God. We ought not to be men pleasers. We ought to please God. And how do we do that? Well, it, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how are you going to please God? Your faith. Because we're saved by what? Grace through faith. Not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. And salvation is very simple. But we tend to complicate it because we have a flesh. Okay, it's like this. Say, uh, brother, if I gave you a gift, say, here you go. Just that gift for you. What did you do to deserve it? You came as you were, and I gave you a gift freely. I freely gave you a gift. No strings attached. Now, I will say that if you are given something, but you had to work for it, it's no longer a gift. Because I'll tell you something. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The difference between a wage and a gift. A wage is something you deserve. You go to work, what do you, you get a paycheck. You deserve that, right? A gift is something you don't deserve. It's just given to you. But there is a thing where you can either accept it or reject it. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gift freely given. And our salvation was not free because it came at the cost of the life of our Lord, Jesus Christ, on the cross. But the good news is he's not dead. He's alive forevermore. And he's coming again to receive his bride. So, for even Christ pleased not himself, but it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So Christ didn't come to please himself. But you know, Christ took your sins, your infirmities, and nailed it to his cross. He didn't please himself. He came because he so loved us that he was willing to lay his life down. I'll tell you something. When Jesus was in the garden praying... There was a part of him that didn't want to go through with it. He said, Father, if there be another way, let this cup pass for me. There was no other way. But you realize at the end of that, toward, at the end of that, he says, not my will, but thy will. How much more should that be our attitude? Father, not my will, but your will. Because in this life, As I said this morning, in this life, it's about Christ. If we can't get it right here, we won't get it right there. We have to get it right now. And by the way, the good news is God will help us with that. He didn't just say, here, take it and do go whatever. No, he didn't do that. He said, here it is. I'm going to teach you how to use it. Okay, that's what God does. He's not going to leave you alone. He's already equipped you with what he's called you to do. The only thing he wants is for you to be obedient, to go out and win souls. And when you do that, you're not thinking of yourself, but you're thinking of others and the need for salvation for those people. And if they reject, eventually that's going to be on their own head. It's a sad thing. I'm going to tell you right now. 
if you preach the gospel to someone and they reject, God's going to hold them accountable. They'll try to come up with some weird excuse. Well, but God's going to say, no, I sent my servant and you reject it. You know, these things are, are so that we are without excuse. How many of us know people that are on the way to, on their way to hell, and either haven't gone to the extent of preaching to them, well, not preaching, but haven't gone to the extent of sharing the gospel with them, or just delaying it, creating excuses? How often do we do that? And we probably, and if we if we get real honest here tonight, I think all of us, in some way, shape, or form, are guilty of that. And I'll tell you, I, I there's, I know I'm very, I'm, I'm not perfect. I have my shortcomings. I know <clears throat> there are times that I'm been guilty of that myself. Amen. So when I preach to you, I'm also preaching to me, because I need this just as much as you all, because I am of the same flesh. I have the same issues as you all. I do. And until we go home, we're not going to be perfect. Amen. And one, and I'll tell you what, uh, the, I think a lot of times we struggle because we want to be perfect, but we have to realize as long as we're in this raggedy old flesh, right. we're just not going to be perfect. Amen. Till we go home, we will be perfect. We will see Christ as he is. And we will be like the angels in heaven. And we'll all be conformed to in His likeness and His image. That's what good, that's what God desires for each and every single one of us. You know, it's really sad how abortion, boy, our nation and probably other nations across this world are really pushing for this thing. Um, it's really heartbreaking and sad to see how many of these babies have been aborted. And you want to know something? God had a plan for every single one of those. And I don't want to... That's a very touchy subject. And I just want to say this. If that anyone has ever gotten into that, God loves you. It's a a forgivable thing. Okay? As a matter of fact, Jesus says there's only one unforgivable sin. And what's that? The only unforgivable sin was blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And don't ever think that you're too wicked to get saved. Because I'm going to tell you something. Paul was the most vile and wicked being. He went around persecuting the church, had people killed. On his way of trying to persecute the church, God got a hold of him. God got a hold of him. If God could do that to Saul, who then became Paul, how much more can he do that for anyone? Amen. God loves us. He, he loves you all. He loves me. He loves all of us. He does. But one of these days, sin is going to get judged. He's not going to let sin go unpunished. And I'm going to tell you something. The fact that we're still here able to preach in a church... Is God's grace. You know why? Because the things that this nation is guilty of, the things that we've been guilty of as a church, we should be wiped off the map. We should. But God hasn't done it yet. 
Amen. I think that we may be in a time where God is going to start straightening the church out a little bit. I really do think that might be the case because, I mean, what I've been seeing is a lot of pastors really emphasizing on spiritual warfare and separation and, and, and how it all connects together. It, it's, it's, it astounds me how, you know, the Holy Ghost is working. It's amazing. And I know there's times I need to be straightened out, you know, so I'm not exempt. As actually, as a matter of fact, preachers, evangelists, all them are going to have a much stricter judgment because they're the one, they're the ones preaching the gospel. Amen. So, those who are in positions of authority are going to have a greater judgment than those who just like sit in a pew, for an example. But that's not an excuse to be lazy. We all have to work together. Right. You know. The church should not be divided. We should all come into the unity of the faith. Right. And we have one faith, and that's Christ. Amen. There's one Bible, one faith, one Lord. Amen. And it's through Christ that we should be putting our faith in. Um, <clears throat> now, um, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning... That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another... As Christ also received us to the glory of God. We are to receive one another right. in Christ. We're not to brush people away. We're not to, you know, we need to receive one another. Because you know why? Because Christ received us. And whatever God tells us, he's going to do the same. He wants us to finish. God, If we start something, God wants us to finish it. You know why? Because when God started salvation within you, he's going to complete that work until the day of Christ. Right. So when God starts something, he finishes it. Amen. God is not hypocritical. Whatever he, whatever he tells us to do, he does the same. The only thing is, with our flesh, we have a hard time with that. Amen. So that's why we need to rely on the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost direction. Because only by the power of the Holy Ghost we can ever do anything. Because without Christ, we, we're nothing. And I'll tell you something. Without Christ, we're lost people on our way to hell. But we have something to rejoice about. And we have such a joy that we, could share it. we, we can share it. We get to share it with others. And we should share it with others. Because God's heart... Bible, God does not want any, it's not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Amen. Amen. So I want to wrap up <clears throat> with this. If there's anything that maybe the Holy Ghost may be convicting you on, now is the time to get it right. Because tomorrow may be too late. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, 
the Bible says is that so you know that today is the day of salvation, right? right. I say that also that today is the day of repentance. Because right. for all we know, we may not we may be out of here within an hour. We don't know. That's right. We don't know. I mean, we don't know when our death is going to be. But we have assurance with Christ that when we confess our sin, He is faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys that you know go out and share the gospel, pass out tracts, talk to people about Christ. And don't just talk to them about Christ. Don't just share them with scriptures. But show them by action love. Because actions are louder than words. And this is what the lost and dying world is looking to us for. Will we really show them love by our actions? Because if not, we have to examine ourselves. Amen. So with that.